Thank you for joining For Our Special Kids, where we openly and honestly discuss the magic and the mess of raising a child with special needs. We are thrilled to have you here and hope this time provides you with some wonder and wisdom. I'm your host, Jennifer Lansing. Let's get started. I learned a lot during this recording with Andrea Pollock, but I got so much more value from it when I edited it because I had just forgotten what gold nuggets she gave me to personally help me on my parenting journey with Teal. Now, Andrea's main focus is on helping parents better parent their autistic child, but the information she provided me really had nothing to do with any sort of diagnosis. Her insights on self-worth, how to make decisions around your career, measuring effort versus return, self-regulation and support versus discipline were extremely valuable, easy to implement, and tangible. So I'm excited for you to walk away with some very real solutions for your parenting journey. I hope you enjoy and let me know what you think. I am with Andrea Pollock today. She is a mom of two young adult children, a former lawyer in New York City, and an advocate for parents of autistic and other developmentally challenged children. When her autistic son was not thriving at school, Andrea left her 19-year law career to homeschool him. Bless you, woman. Jeez Louise. She later went on to earn her master's in education so that she could most effectively help parents get swift and lasting results without years of trial and error. Now, with years of experience and research under her belt, Andrea is sharing her wisdom with the world through Autism Parent Solutions. Andrea, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me here. Oh, so let's just go there first. You left a law career because your child needed you. All of us can relate to this. Like every single one of us is like, oh my gosh, my life will now take a 180 degree turn. And because my child needs everything. And then when you add a disability or special need on top of it, boom, it's even more important. So you saw that he wasn't thriving, but how did you go from, I am a successful female lawyer in New York City to, I need to let go of that and become a different person? Or maybe not a different person, I suppose, but you know what I mean. Well, I had to tap into a different part of my identity, right? You know, I think, you know, it happened over time as I'm continuing to go out the door in the morning in my suit and I'm feeling great about approaching my career. I felt this pull of sadness and sadness that I wasn't helping him as much as I could or as much as I thought that I could. And so, it, you know, that that um, that pull in both directions happened a little bit over time. And I realized at some point, you know, he has one mom. There are lots of lawyers there. It, at some point, it just became a no brainer to me. And I took the leap. Oh, he has one mom and there's lots of lawyers. That makes me want to cry. How old was he when you made the transition? He was four and a half. Whoa. Okay. So kindergarten. Yeah. Which he's, you know, pretty high needs. And so we weren't even measuring that yet. Yeah, we were just yeah. working on real basics. ABCs. Language. Yeah. Yeah. I have a verbalist child. So we are still working on sounds. We are still working on vowel sounds and how do we make consonants? And, you know, we're not there yet. We're just not there yet. So it all depends on where you're at in your journey. But 
How did that go? And what were some of the struggles that you had with that initial homeschooling concept and working with him? And then I want to talk about self-worth because I think that's huge too. Because, whoa, you leave a career and you have to redefine what worth is, at least for me, because I left my career. I agree. So when I first started, I went in, you know, with like, this is going to be incredible. So, you know, so I was very positive and I I quickly found out I had no idea what I was doing and I needed to learn quickly. Then as things developed or didn't develop, that was really the issue for me. I was so used to creating success out in the world, right? Very effective person because I was measuring my success by his development rather than my effort. I was feeling um, very challenged by that. So I had to really shift my lens there. And then this relates, this relates to your self-worth question. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm in a counseling session. So <laughs> this is good. Okay. <laughs> Measuring your effort versus basically outcome. Right. Wow. Because, it, you know, in my other career my law career, you measure your efficacy or effectiveness by the results, right? Period. And used to doing it that way. So mm-hmm. yeah, this was, I, I didn't realize that that was dragging me down at first. And once I did realize, I really had to make that shift. Was there a, a moment that you had this realization, this aha, or did it just slowly over time kind of merge into your psyche? I think both. I think there were aha moments, but then you slip off off of those two, right? You have an aha moment. And I like to think like sometimes you can't unsee things, but you can, (laughs) right? (laughs) So I would come to the realization I'd be really solid in that. And then I'd have a period where I felt like not only was he not making progress, but he was going backward and we were struggling. And I then I sort of realized, oh, wait, you're measuring your, your worth by his progress again. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to help either of you. I don't, I don't need to depend on my child and his performance for my self-worth. That's going in the wrong directions, right? Yes. Yeah, it is. Whether or not you have a child with a disability or not, parents do that. Yes. You know, what is my child doing? I mean, I remember being in San Francisco at a, at a discovery museum and my daughter was three, probably two, was probably three, three and a half not talking, not really making any noises. And I heard these two parents comparing notes on how many words their two-year-old was saying. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, are you guys competing over your children and their abilities? And then you're really, what you're saying is, ha ha ha, look at how great my child is. I'm such a good parent. Look at what my child is doing. And that I, I mean, one, I wanted to, because I'm quite in your face about certain things. I so had to bite my tongue. I wanted to be like, no. It's like, okay, just walk away, Jen. Just walk away. But it's so weird. I mean, we are in this society that always looks at what are you doing? What's the thing? I mean, what, the question at cocktail parties, what do you do? I mean, ugh. So it's always measure. We're always measuring that. Mm-hmm. What made you decide, I'm going to go now get 
higher education to help support this process. Talk to me about that kind of transition because I would imagine there was like, oh, hold on, like the worst thing, I I do need to create skills within myself to measure my effort more effectively. The the higher education came really after the homeschooling experience. So what happened was, you know, I did that for eight years, which had I known going in, it was going to be eight years, I would have been so terrified. So it was good that I didn't realize that going in. Yeah. Homeschooling him was really about learning to let him lead, learning to follow his needs, um, creating like a dance between us and the other people who helped. I had a lot of people who came in and helped. Don't want to, you know, gloss over that. That's imp- that was important. But really dropping the rules and let loosening that rigidity about what needed to happen. That was what was going to enable him to be successful. The higher education came afterward because I wanted to be able to share what I had learned in the most effective way. I wanted to learn how adults learn, and I wanted to learn about creating curriculum, and I wanted to learn all kinds of things that would help me be better at my next career, which is helping parents. And which is where where you are now. Yes. I mean, we're really looking at highlighting your company, which is Autism Parent Solutions. A lot of what you're focusing on is decreasing the stress and the guesswork. And like you said in your intro the or in your bio, the trial and error, like throwing pasta against a wall. I mean, all of us do it, right? Well, let me see if this works. Well, let me see if this works. Let me... And what you've created, a very focused step-by-step process for for parents to follow. So talk with me a little bit about your company and then how you how you got into it. Well, I'll do it in the reverse order. So what I realized was, so it, I homeschooled him for eight years and I grew so much in that period. And I did experience a lot of trial and a tremendous amount of error. And what I realized, oh, you know, over time, you sort of dial it in, you figure it out. And I thought, what if I could help parents do that so much more quickly? What if it didn't have to take until they were practically legal adults to figure out your kid, right? And I really had figured out really some systems that really helped me. And I knew I could teach them to parents and I knew I could help accelerate their growth so that they could experience more joy in parenting sooner. That was really a big motivation for me because I was, you know, not that I didn't experience joy, but it became more and more joyful the more confident and capable I felt. So that's that's how I got into it. So I created a, a framework that I teach in a course. It teaches parents a few straightforward practical strategies to help them know exactly what to do, either when something happens that was unexpected or then moving forward, how to prevent some of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gives them a framework through analyze any situation and know either what went wrong and what to do differently next time, or just how to prevent things from, you know, challenging situations from happening. Yeah. Can you give me some examples? Yeah, sure. So we first focus on modeling and teaching self-regulation. Self-regulation is core to everything. And nobody teaches parents about self-regulation. And it's, it's something that our children struggle with. But we struggle with it too, right? Everybody knows you shouldn't yell at your, you know, shouldn't yell at your child. And yet we do, mm-hmm. right? So why? How, and what can we do about that? So I give them tools to both understand it. So they understand it where it's coming from in them, where it's coming from in their children and what to do about it, how to modulate it within themselves 
some self-regulation tools um, and not like just deep breathing and stuff, more perspective-based and also how to help their children develop that because that's foundational to everything else they're going to learn. I teach them how to set their children up for success. Our educational system often tries to teach through failure, if you think about it, Mm -hmm. failure and reprimand, whereas I like to teach through success and support. I help parents really understand how to set and enforce some boundaries, but doing that with compassion and confidence, right? Not just setting boundaries for the sake of setting boundaries. If you set it in the wrong place, you're not setting your child up for success. So how to learn how to set it appropriately so that your child can succeed and you can work together instead of struggling against each other. So that's just a couple of examples. I have more. As I'm here listening, I'm thinking, well, this doesn't just pertain to parents with autistic children. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at self-regulation. I mean, I was just talking about that earlier about getting in front of my emotions Mm -hmm. before I even get to a point of needing or or feeling like I need a release. And and oftentimes the release comes out in a louder voice. It absolutely does apply to neurotypical children as well, or children with other differences. And what I discovered though, also when I work with families is that it's a family dynamic issue. So the tools that I share with parents to help their autistic children actually help all of their children because it's not just you know, the, the special needs child that, that is relevant here. It's a family dynamic issue. Yeah. It sounds like everything that you're doing is just helping communication, helping regulation, helping boundary setting, like you said, and, and right. So the, the other piece, so I do have this course that I teach, but I support it with parent coaching because Uh, That is the thing that helps make the strategies and approaches work better and faster. We were talking about how um, we know not to yell at our children, and yet sometimes we do. There's something inside that's causing us to do that. So what I help parents do is find the belief that's inside that's leading them to yell at their children, even though intellectually they know that that's not really an effective strategy. And once they can see the belief and understand it, it increases the odds that they make a different choice if they want to. Will you give me some examples of those potential beliefs or things that you're hearing other parents tell you? Absolutely. The one we start with, because it's so fundamental and it helps parents right away, is the idea that their children are not behaving the way they are to be defiant. You know, it's not purposeful. If you can look at it through the lens that the children are behaving as they are because they lack the skills to make better choices in that moment, it totally changes your own ability to self-regulate. If you can look at it that way, we talk about the idea of prioritizing support over discipline. If you look at it as a discipline problem, you get all you know jacked up, right? That's when the anger comes out and that's when we get dysregulated. If you can look at it as how can I support my child in this moment, totally changes how you approach it. So that's an example of the belief uh, that can drive a parent, for example, to yell. And when they see that that they're looking at it as their child is being defiant, they right they can make a different choice next time. And we and we help them with tools to remember in the moment to access that mantra. Well, so that is what's so hard for me, just personally. I mean, I am a very energetic person, as you can see, and everybody knows that listens. I mean, I'm all over the board. I'm practically bipolar. No, I'm not, but I mean, I'm very much like. 
team and very reactive and energetic. And I also get over things really quick. Like I don't hold on to anger. I don't whatever, but that means I'm quick to outburst. I'm quick to, I'm just quick. My fuse is short and getting in front of it is so hard for me. And I, I know that I'm not alone in, in this realization, but it is finding the mantra. I like saying, what support do you need in this moment instead of why are you doing this or what is wrong? I mean, I'll often say like, what do you want? You know, she's, she's verbalish. It's really tricky. I get hit a lot. I get smacked a lot. And it's, it's her, she's not being defiant. I would imagine it's the spasticity. It's, you know, just the, and so yeah, looking at how can I better support you in this situation mm-hmm. is more empowering for both of us. Right. I can give you some other tools, but I do want to comment on one thing. Even when they seem like they are being defiant, mm-hmm. even then they're lacking the tools to make a better choice in the moment. They might be using defiance. Or, so it might feel like defiance to you, but mm-hmm. you really have to separate out in your mind how you see it because. Well, yeah. Right? I mean, I look at this and go, I'm having issues, right? I'm a 48-year-old woman and I still have self-regulation problems. Hello, my daughter is seven. And she doesn't even have words to explain. Even if she wanted to yell at me, she can't. Right, so another tool that I can <laughs> offer you that might be helpful to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, we talk about a lot of things because different things help different people. But one of the things that helps parents sometimes is like to think of a visual cue almost rather than the work of thinking of the mantra, which is hard when you start to get jacked up. It's hard to access the smart part of your brain. I love that you use the word jacked up because it's so what it is. Yeah. So when you start to feel that emotion rise up in you, picture like a red flag going up right in front of your face. Okay. And that's like a design to interrupt the pattern. Hold Mm -hmm. on. I see you. I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. And, once, and you can interrupt it. Take a minute. Think about that mantra or any mantra that helps you reframe what's going on in front of you. But it, it's a way to really interrupt what you're talking about, that short fuse, which I totally get and respect. But it's it's just a way to help you change your habit because that's all it is. It's a habit. You need to interrupt the habit to make a new habit. And just to get back to what you were saying also about this family support concept, uh, hello, I need to have that red flag pop up when I start feeling that with my husband or my mother or (laughs) that is really important, that visual. And I, I like being able to almost have the flag say, okay, this is where you're at on the left side and where do you want to be on the right side, right? So you have this, it's like a separator. It's not denying that you have this emotion. No. I, you know, because, yeah, go ahead. Well, that's another whole issue, which is, we, you know, I talk with the, the parents I work with a lot about, I want them to feel all of the emotions. This isn't about suppressing emotions because that's not healthy either. But in the moment, you don't need to feel it, express it, process it in the moment when your child is in crisis. You can say, I'm having this feeling. I'm going to set it off to the side for a minute. I'm come back, I'll come back to you. Deal with what you need to deal with in the most effective way possible and then process it later. And the truth is, it just gets you to what you want faster, right? Because when we yell, we're adding fuel to that fire. Ugh, and then we feel horrible. Right, you're feeling horrible. It, sometimes it inflames the situation rather than, than helping it. So this way, you're not robbing yourself of the ability to feel the feelings. I want everybody to feel all the feelings. We need to process them. 
but reacting on a short fuse is different from processing the feelings. Yeah. And that's done afterwards. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. I'm visualizing a red flag. All right. And I like it that you're not just like, well, just step away and breathe. It's like, oh God, that's not an option. I mean, yes, I do. And I know that self-regulation for me is also making sure that my nervous system is not all jacked up because she's going to go there too. We have mirror neurons, right? They know what we're feeling without saying anything. And so it is, it's understanding. I do it with her in many situations, but I can just I know where it happens the most in my life. I mean, I'm right there in my head. I'm like, oh, this is when I lose it. So it's also good to, if there are those scenarios, like I know that right now it's when we are getting ready for school and she's in the bathroom and we're trying to brush teeth and we're trying to change clothes. And we're, I mean, I'll be honest. I I remember thinking, gosh, most of her friends are just getting dressed themselves and most of her friends are brushing their teeth on their own and most and that has to be frustrating for her too you know to be like I want to do it on my own mom but I can't you know I'm trying mm-hmm. and looking at when does she have the ability to control a situation and I think that like when I'm imposing my own like this is our schedule we've got to get out the door boom 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 school is going to start you've got to get there man that is also when my nervous system goes wonky and so she's yes. then just mirroring it back to me. Love how we're right. analyzing it's, this. And when you look at the situation, that's when you can process it outside of that moment and say, when I do that, I'm actually making it more difficult to make the progress I want to make. So I'm going to intentionally stop myself in order to keep things calm. You know, one of the other phrases we use to help parents remember this is we want to be able to help to allow our children to borrow our calm right? So we need to be calm in order to let them borrow it. Yes. Chuckle, chuckle, Andrea. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm like, that's such a great one. (laughs) Can I borrow your calm when I need it? I'm going to borrow your calm and then Teal can borrow mine. Half the time I'm borrowing Teal's for crying out loud. She's way better than I am. Goodness. So I... Also, it was just even talking through this with you is why the coaching element of what you do is so valuable because it's not just the masterclass that you have on your website, which by the way is free, which is really cool. You're offering a free masterclass on your website. You register, you get the the class. How long does that on average take for people and what's the format? They get instant access to it. It's about 35 minutes. It's not a five-week commitment. <laughs> No, no, no. That one, that's just a, that's just a taste. I really, I like to share, this is my philosophy. This is what I believe. I, this is why I believe you're struggling. Like some of the reasons, including we tend to look to teachers and therapists for advice and they're great and necessary in our lives, but they're not parenting. Mm -hmm. Parenting isn't therapy and very few places or people are offering the parenting support. So that's just an example. I teach the strategies, some of which I mentioned to you, there are others. And then I offer them if, you know, if they're interested in the coaching and the longer course, because the course is, is much, you know, goes into much more detail. They can book a call and we can discuss if it's right for them. So they would take the free mini course, see if they like your strategies, which of course, after just talking with you for this long, I'm like, oh gosh, of course people are going to like your strategies. And I like the legal aspect of it. Like the the lawyer perspective of you is very straightforward. You're like, listen, boom, boom, boom. This is what we're going to do. I, I like that. And I think people need that guidance, which I can just see you just extending your hand like here. I'm, I've got gotcha. you. 
You know, yeah. I've got you. We're, I'm going to help right. you. I don't want this to be hard anymore. And not to say that it's not going to be hard, but you're going to make it easier. And then they can contact you for a, a, probably an intro, just what, how can we work together? And then you create a plan with the parent or the family. Right. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. I love this. I wish we had more time. We had some connectivity problems, you guys. So I'm hoping that we can bring you back uh, because I think it would be fun to really dive in more. And maybe I can even take the mini course and then we can talk about some more of those strategies and and what I was thinking and all of that. I truly appreciate your time, Andrea. Is there anything last little tidbits that you'd like to share with someone, a, a little glimmer for them? My main advice is this prioritize support over discipline. Parents come to me all the time and they're trying to lean into the discipline and they know in their hearts it's making it worse, but they don't know what else to do. So that's one thing. The other thing I want to say is, you know, when you were talking about the short fuse and sometimes you yell and you know you're not supposed to, confident parenting, great parenting isn't perfect parenting. We're human. We're busy humaning. And we have to show ourselves grace too, because- it's a it's a journey. It's a process, uh, and our children don't need us to be perfect. We're not going to be perfect, so we just have to allow that grace for ourselves too. Thank you so very much for your time. I look forward to reconnecting with you. Pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you found one or two meaningful nuggets of information to make your day better. If you think there's value in what we do, please take a moment to tell another friend, family member, or a caregiver. We'd love to hear from you at forourspecialkids at gmail.com. You can send in a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like to learn more about, or if you'd like us to highlight a certain person, please send that information to us. It makes our show so much better and so much more valuable for you. Our Facebook and Instagram handle is for our special kids. And finally, remember to witness the wonder and the wisdom within yourself and others. Until next time.